0: You know the concept is called metacognition, and it's the ability to think about what you think about. Yeah. And world-class players have the capacity to think about what they think about. Yep. So when I'm off the rails or I get triggered, right, and I know I'm triggered because I don't feel good, and my goal is I want to have peace in my life. Mm-hmm. I stop the madness. So I'm getting to your fear thing, and I grab paper, I grab a pad, a pen, and instead of letting it run. I'll write down whatever situation, and I'll ask myself, what am I making up about it?
1: This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, Chris. Welcome to the Better Wealth Show, man. Caleb, brother, how are you? I'm doing awesome. I've been looking forward to this convo because I know that we're going to be talking about money, about peace, about marriage, intimacy with money. We're going to talk about a lot of, of personal things as it relates to money. And I know that you've written a book called Couples Money. I know that you're working on a project that you're even more excited uh, than the book that you launched. And so I just wanted to have a conversation because... I think I have a lot of people on the show that talk about strategies and tactics, and I tend to focus more on frameworks because I love frameworks. And sometimes we miss the heart of the real conversation. And I I think having people like you on the show help balance that. And so with that, I would love for you to give a two or three minute backstory of who you are and then love this conversation just to encourage people to be more intentional with their relationships and their money conversations.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm a Colorado native, Colorado State grad, accounting major. I spent seven years in corporate America, and then uh, launched uh, my entrepreneurial business in uh, February 2000. And uh, we've grown that to be a you know national business with uh, thousands of clients, and we've taught them how money works. But it wasn't really until my second and last marriage that I had some, I had some awakenings and uh, just got, went through a very, you know, expensive divorce, racked up $250,000 of credit card debt to keep my boat afloat. We're entering the great recession. I'm married to, uh, to Marlo Felton and she thinks I'm great. I have lots of trophies. I'm a good speaker and I look successful, but I really, Caleb created a financial disaster. And so I, uh, one of my favorite quotes is optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. Uh, That was me. So no real connection to results, hoping, I call it living on hopium, hoping things are going to get better, but they disintegrated and through actually listening to my intuition, I ceded control of the finances for our house over my wife Best financial decision ever made in my life because based on results, I didn't know what I was doing. And when she realized what a mess I'd created, she just couldn't believe she married a guy that was literally that dumb. <laughs> and I'm a CPA and a financial advisor, so the uh, the turning point of my my life in many retro in many instances, I had to pay my ex wife fifty two hundred dollars at the first of the month, alimony, child support. Business is not good for lots of reasons. And I basically ran out of avenues to pay her. I couldn't take any more credit card checks. I could, lines of credit were tapped. So my wife and I had to sell our house, live in a rented house in Highlands Ranch. I have to come home and ask my wife who was good with money, who had savings. I had to ask her for the money. Think about this. I had to ask my wife for the money to pay my ex-wife. So how do you think that went?
1: But it was a rough conversation.
0: Well, we call it the purse throwing incident. So my wife first picks up her purse. And you know, a woman's pissed when she throws her purse at you and then picks it up three or four times. And I call it volcanic Marlowe. It's not, it's not fun, but we just got in the heated exchange of all exchange, the argument of our lives. And then I just said, well, why are we still married? And dead silence. And, um, she went upstairs to ponder that. And I get goosebumps every time I tell the story, man, it was as clear as day. I could see all the dominoes fall, the dominoes fall for my first relationship, my kids, my debt, all this. It was the first time in my life. I'm like, I'm the common denominator to all my problems. And it was the first time Caleb, I took 100% responsibility. And so her and I came together the next day. She said, uh, I still like you. We're not getting divorced. We're not declaring bankruptcy. I'm going to get on planes, trains, and automobiles, find world-class couples that have wealth in every single area of their life, figure out how they think, figure out what they do. She's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I said, I'm going to try to figure out why my mind keeps creating broke, why my dad's broke, grandma's broke, grandpa's broke. I'm a CPA and an advisor so, I just said, I'm committed. I'm all into changing my belief systems like an Olympic athlete is with their sport. And so, for the next, uh, and I've never stopped, I haven't arrived. I don't have it all figured out, but man, I dove in head first, up early, journaling, coaching, seminars. I just worked uh, super hard on myself. And basically, what Couples Money is about is how we totally transformed our lives uh in 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 all shapes but financially it was a it was a jaw-dropping financial transformation
1: oh man i number one appreciate the authenticity and you sharing your story i think there's a couple uh, of us that that convicts number one how many advisors cpas people in our space do you know that are broke i know a lot of them i know i'm victim to telling um, people to do one thing and not doing doing that. And so that's, that's convicting, but then also asking your wife to make good on, on your ex-wife's, you know, alimony kind of deal like that is, that's quite the story. And I I just appreciate you opening that up because regardless if that's like, if if you can relate or if you can relate to a version of that, I think there's a lot of brokenness around marriage uh, and, and money and, and especially couples as it relates to money. And so obviously I'm hoping um, my whole audience will will support you. will get the books. I think that they'll gain a ton of value from it. Um, can we talk about some of like the some of the epiphanies as you went on your journey to be like, wow, like I'm I'm looking at these couples that are crushing in all areas, and this is what they're doing. Is there was there any like common themes that were like, okay, if we want to be successful, it's not just we can't just have a goal. We have to create a system in our life that is like X, Y, and Z.
0: Outside of me taking responsibility. For my thinking and stopping blaming my wife for you know whatever she brought to it, she brought nothing to it. So it was me and it wasn't about changing the other because people spend an inordinate amount of time you know wanting to fix the outside world while they insist on remaining the same. Yep. So I had to own that and I had to commit to her, not be interested but committed. so I asked people, are you interested or are you committed? And I was committed. And I was all in to changing me. And she could do whatever she wanted to do. But what we did is we met the next day, Caleb, and we set a unifying goal. And it was absolute clarity about what we wanted. And for us, the the feedback we got from the book was a lot of people spent a lot of time fixing debt, fixing debt, fixing debt, fixing debt as you know, brother, what you focus on expands, what you focus on continues to grow. My focus on debt was creating more debt. So it wasn't about being an ostrich to the debt, but for the coaching I got, I said, hey, why don't you focus on creating wealth? And so we knew that there's a Brian Tracy quote says, if you can't save money, the seeds of greatness aren't in you yet. And so I had never been able to save or I would save and rip, you know, put my debt, then take it to my debt. We had nothing. We had a quarter of a million dollars unsecured debt. Thank God she maneuvered that and got that to low interest, 0% stuff. My credit score was still okay. But we got psycho, psycho in a good way on. She's like, we got to get $100,000 saved. And then eventually we need to become seven figure, you know, cash millionaires. Um, but we got to save a hundred grand but what we did differently this time Caleb was my left brain CPA was always strategies and tactics and all that we spent an hour talking about why we cared about it yeah we developed a significant I still do it to this day a significant list of compelling emotional reasons goal setting is emotional it's not logical everybody wants to go to logic so you know so it was about us never fighting again. I hadn't seen my kids, little babies, they live in Atlanta. I hadn't seen them for nine months. And this has all been massively, unbelievably successful, how it's all turned out with my ex and them. And that's another show for another time. We can talk about forgiveness (laughs) on a whole other show because people don't understand that. But it was really about the why. And then because a hundred grand seemed like Mount Everest, and this is liquid stuff, this is non-retirement. We have access to it we really got focused on the first 10,000 because yeah. if we could get the first 10,000 saved then we're creating habits. And so that required also Caleb, that we had to have healthy respect for money. I had to quit losing the money game, five and $10 at a time. Yeah, And so I quit eating out. We quit eating out. We quit all this stuff that we thought was good for us, but it was bringing no value to our lives. And then the system was we met once a week, still do, it once a week. What's our unifying goal? What's our number one goal? Are we closer? What do we need to shift? What do we need to change? So unifying goal with an accountability system of effective communication. We're both on the same page, wrapped up in compelling emotional reasons. That's what changed our whole world.
1: I love it, man. There's a couple of things that I want to point out. Number one, extreme ownership. You said that multiple times, but like you took responsibility. And I think a lot of times, if you're blaming the politics, you're blaming your business partner, you're blaming your spouse, you're blaming everybody but yourself. um, You're just looking to shift the quote unquote responsibility and you're robbing yourself of uh, future potential goals, outcomes, whatnot. The other thing that you are saying a lot without saying it is identity. You guys chose to create the identity of being a wealthy couple before you got the, you became a wealthy couple, but as your identity is way more important than the quote unquote, $10,000 in the bank account. So it's like, when you guys made that shift, you guys actually were already on your way to accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And I think a lot of times identity is so, so key. And we're like working on all the tactics and checking the boxes, but we're not getting the we're not getting to the root of, of the, of the problem and IE the root of the solution.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, you are where you are because that's where you see yourself. That's good. Right. And so, you know, it's just like, I mean, where are you know, if I want to go to the next level of income, I have to work on seeing myself at that level. Yep. And I'm not experiencing that level of income yet because I don't see myself there. So we had to start seeing ourselves as a couple that could save money. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all inside out. And what you're talking about is, you know, the shifting to blame, the, you know, victim. Um, People take offense to that word, but victim is just, I'm allowing my external circumstances to dictate my thinking and my results. It's all an internal shift and that's that's where you got to do the work that's where you got to focus and yes build your identity man it's just ginormous
1: how long have you been teaching couples speaking and like how long has it been since this shift in your life
0: i've been a you know entrepreneur for, for 20 23 years so you know very fortunate my company's always been you know i've been exposed to you know think and grow rich and just different you know just power you know magic of thinking big so I've been blessed with, you know, credible world class mentoring and associations, Um, but was doing personal development along the way. But it was really that challenge that was handed to me that uh, sped up the growth. Right. So, so, and,
1: and the book came out in 2013. And so that was, it's been, it's been you know, 10 plus years in the making, what are some of the common themes that you've learned as you've been speaking and working with people of like, oh, like this needs to be addressed. And obviously, you had to take extreme ownership in your own life. It, do you see that a lot of people are focused on debt? And then as a result, like their mind is thinking so small and, and on a negative thing? Or what are other themes that you see as being problems for couples getting ahead?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, they, uh, they, they allow their, you know, outside world to dictate their thinking. And uh, I'm, I'm a big Joe Dispenza fan, right? And so, you know, I wrote the book, Breaking Habit of Being Yourself and Supernatural. And, and you know, he, he calls it the negative feedback loop. And that's what I was living in. So, you know, you, you, you're, you're dictated by your thoughts and your actions and your feelings, your thoughts, your feelings and your actions. So if you're staring at your debt and hating your debt and beating yourself up over your debt or feeling guilt, that's what I was doing. And that's what I'm putting out. And I keep looking at my environment. And I keep getting feedback that things are going south and that's continuing to dictate my thinking. And so you can see this loop that most people, you saw it in the pandemic. I mean, it's just, you know, people didn't take responsibility for their thinking and it was horrible, but they literally allowed the outside environment to dictate their thoughts yeah. Where, you know, our team, I was like, okay, this, this is an opportunity to go help a ton of people. And we started working on our thinking and seeing it that way. So so the shift for us was focusing, am I, am I going to focus on fixing problems? Or am I going to focus on creating wealth? Yep. It sounds super subtle, brother, but it was ginormous for me because this wasn't working based on results. And then the other thing my coach said, he said, "You don't have a you don't have a problem. You have a project." It, that was big for me because we look at problems and we play victim a little bit, right? Oh, I shouldn't be here, and why am I here? And those are such disempowering questions yeah. that keep you stuck. Versus, hey man, you don't have a money problem. You have a money project. So what is your project? I'm like, I, okay, I'm pretty good at finishing things. I'm pretty good at keeping my word. So. I'm going to see it through until, until
1: it's powerful, man. It's powerful, man. And also fear is such a huge, um, I want to say drug. And I say that as an, in a negative form of like, it's such a horrible thing. Talk to fear. And we saw this during, you know, last couple of years, but I feel like a lot of people don't want to have the money conversation mainly because of this four letter word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big student of my of my ego, right? And um, and the problem when ego is, is running us, ego wants us to stay totally stuck and stay in comfort, right? Right. And and you saw it when the pandemic hit and people weren't prepared. They were addicted to comfort. The middle class is addicted to being comfortable. And one of my favorite quotes, Caleb, is a life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. So good. Right. A light spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. So what's always helped me is, you know, the concept is called metacognition. And it's the ability to think about what you think about. Yep. And world-class players have the capacity to think about what they think about. Yep. So when I'm off the rails or I get triggered, right? And I know I'm triggered because I don't feel good and my goal is I want to have peace in my life. Mm -hmm. I stop the madness. I'm getting to your fear thing. And I grab paper, I grab a pad, a, a pen, and instead of letting it run, I'll write down whatever situation and I'll ask myself, what am I making up about it? And for me, writing down the stories that I'm making up, the stuff that my ego is trying to get me to believe. And I have years of documentation that my ego which creates fear yeah right, is totally freaking insane. I have evidence I got journals of stacks of stuff that created fear in me I write down what I was thinking about always help me I'll pray meditate whatever but I'll come back to those journals two or three days later Caleb and it's like an alien. Came into my body. I can't believe what I was making up about stuff. So, for me, our life turns out based upon these stories we tell ourselves. And so, for me, it if I'm having fear, it is I am spinning a story, and it's almost always wrong, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. So I just got to get a grip on that. And writing and journaling has always helped me tremendously.
1: Do you fear like? public failure because you've written books, you teach or like, what do you, what do you fear most?
0: No, no I mean like we probably won't have time to get into the next book that I'm writing, but, but my, my coach that's coaching me through the book who's sold, you know, two and a half million copies. Um, it's basically my book is about me throwing myself under the bus the whole time mm-hmm. and literally sharing my dirty laundry. And so I want people to learn. I want people to learn from my mistakes. I've kind of written that book as my kids and I wait I mean we're close, but we' are we got we're distance challenged. Right. I probably see him 30, 40 days a year. So I was writing that book kind of like, you know, what do I want them to know? and I want them to know the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the mistakes I made. Um, I, I think my, my biggest fear is, and it's a chapter in my new book, but it's my biggest fear is my ego, convinces me that retreating is okay, that pulling back is okay. And as you get some things going in your life or you become successful, it's super clever. It's like, you know what, you need to pull back, you need to pull back. So I think my biggest fear is one day I buy that lie and I retreat and then I get to the end of my life. And I think my biggest fear is having any kind of regrets that I didn't really leave it all out on the field. That's that's the thing that, that really drives me the most
1: it, it's it's interesting i kind of see it as like an angel on one on one hand and a, a devil sure. on the other and my like what i reframed fear in, in my life because on, on one side i was afraid of what people thought of me. i was afraid of letting my parents down and, and being looked at as a failure and on the flip side what, what made me i so i took that negative energy and said okay what would be what would be a huge shame in life it would be a shame in life to regret knowing the, the potential that was given to me and, and so I, very similar is I, I made a commitment to myself at 21 years old that I was not going to regret my life. And that forced me to do some uncomfortable things and yeah, made some mistakes on the way. I wouldn't call those failures, but we're headed in a right direction. And I, I, would encourage, I would encourage people that are like nodding and getting quiet inside as you're listening to this or as you're watching this to really do the work. Um, to get down to the root of the issue, take extreme ownership, because a lot of times it's an identity issue. It's not a it's not a goal issue. It's not a pep talk. It's identity. You just there's something you want to stay to that. And then in the last couple of minutes with you, I, I would love, man, to just get a little bit of what you're working on. Um, this has been going amazing and I'm sure I'm sure our audience would stick around a little bit longer to hear what you've been working on and, and some of the epiphanies that you're having.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I think, you know, so if it's money, you know, your identity. And, and once again, what, what, what empowered me is, you know, you can call them limiting beliefs or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I think it was Lisa Nichols said, you know, it's not a limiting belief. It's a lie you tell yourself. And so for me, I, I wrote down the word money, got a green money journal. I wrote down the word money and I spent an hour and a half or two hours. Can't remember, but it was just, what am I making up about that word? So you're talking about, you know, identity, your identity is shaped with, you know, stories. And and for me it was it wasn't necessarily fixing myself cuz one of my favorite quotes, another one is, you know, we're a miracle and a mess at the same time. And so the quicker we embrace our humanness and we quit beating ourselves up and we just accept ourselves the way we are, life starts working even though, you know, I got some screwed up things about me. So so, for me, it's always like, okay, what's the story? If I'm not getting this result, there's me plus a thought equals a result. If I'm not getting the result, there's me and then the thinking. So, if it's money diving into that and what I made up about it was everything was hard and difficult and rich people are bad people and, of course, I wasn't going to be wealthy. So, if I could shift the story, then I could shift the result and that's what happened. It wasn't overnight, but, you know, it was worth every stinking second working on it. So so that's one way to shift identity is really get to, I think financially you're run by three or four, maybe five stories that have been pounding in your head. And for my family, literally the same story for generations until finally somebody said, huh, is that true? And it wasn't. So I challenged it and it wasn't serving me and I was staring at divorce number two and a miserable life if I didn't change the story, but changing the story is, is powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, um, so, so what I'm, what I'm working on, I turned, uh, I turned 50 and, uh, I turned 50 in August and, um, it was really the first time I, I realized Caleb that I wasn't going to get out of this thing alive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I didn't think before, but I'm like, I'm not going to be here forever. And what, what's the word? And the word for me is impact. And what came to me is, you know, impact 10 million or more people. I just threw it out there, asked the question, and then uh, had, a, had a friend in the company, same age, uh, you know, in, in our company uh, on the East Coast, healthy, stroke, dead, seven days. And, uh, and we weren't that close, but man, it hit me. It hit me. And then uh, my mentor, a guy named Steve Siebel, who uh, has written amazing books, uh, uh, How Rich People Think, unbelievable book, mandatory read. Everybody needs to get that. It was transformational for me. He called me and he said, all right, it's time. I mean, almost like the same week. It's time. Like you got to write the book, man. You got great content. And so let's do it. So it's uh, I got a January 1st, twenty three launch date. I've been writing eight months. Um, I have not lost any enthusiasm for it. Steve's a pretty tough coach, but he's reading it and he's just like, dude, nobody in personal development is as self-deprecating as you are. (laughs) Like Chris, this is freaking nuts. So it's really the 50 concepts that that changed my life, but it's just, you know, it's two to 300 words, quick, impactful, you know, teaching, and then, you know, hey, resource action step, you know, these things, this is the stuff that changed my life. But I think what makes it different, Caleb, is my personal story behind it that supports that it works. And I think as Steve is reading it, once again, the guy's a rock star, right? He's like, dude, people are going to read this and they're going to be like, you know what? I got some hope. I can do it. And, um, he's like, Chris, there's nothing like it in personal development. And he's like, I've read everything. So I don't know where it's going to go. I'm gonna leave that up to God, but, um, you know, I'm stepping in and, uh, dude, I'm, I'm obsessed about it. I'm consumed with it. It's the only thing I can think about. And, uh, I'm going to, you know, get the, the, the keynotes dialed in. And, um, the cool part is a book with 50 different stories. I got an endless combination of keynotes that I can put together Specific for people. I'm going to get a workshop. You know. Anyway, I'm just I'm Jack because I think it's different, and I, I think it's going to make a huge impact. And I'm and I'm praying that we uh, we reach millions and millions, if not tens of millions, of people with it. So anyone that's interested to know more about that, you you'll show notes. I know people can you know get my links and follow me. But uh, yeah, anybody that's you know looking for someone to come in and empower their their team, their group, or whatever would love to
1: do it. Uh, Chris, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing what you're up to, some of the lessons that you've learned. I'm excited for that book and we might have to uh, have you back on uh, and, and help you sell copies because uh, I, I would love to be a ripple in the impact of millions of people. Um, where can people find out more about you? Where, where can they like just get plugged into your community so that they can uh, be on the list and, and, and support you with whatever yeah. endeavors you're doing?
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they go to couplesmoney.com. I mean, there's, there's some, some good resources out there. Um, once again, I'm developing, you know, the title and the, and the website and all that stuff for, for the new book. That's going to be it. Um, I post uh, frequently on Instagram. Um, there's, and it's really around this conversation of getting out of your own way. And so, you know, I'm at uh, CF underscore ETE um is where you can find me um i'm getting way more active on linkedin starting the uh, last couple weeks cool so uh you can find me out there and then uh yeah th- those are those are two good spots and i uh, would love to uh, connect with whoever uh wants to do that
1: i love it man the, the the way i end this show is i ask what's called the legacy question And the legacy <laughs> question goes like this If this is your last day on earth and you're, you're with the people that you love the most you can't give them anything that you've created like this podcast or books or keynotes, you could, you just have one last conversation. What are you going to make sure to highlight in that one last conversation?
0: I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hitting me pretty hard that, yeah, you're actually, you, you are personally enough. Um, I think, I think the root of everything is, is you need to learn, you need to learn to love, approve and accept yourself, you know, 100%. And, uh, I actually wrote it in my book. We show up as babies and we don't have worthiness problems, deserving issues, any of that stuff. We get told we're less than bad, mainly people projecting their own crap onto us. And then we we buy this, this limited self image and personal growth and development for me is all about getting back to who we were when we showed up when we didn't have all those, all that garbage and baggage. But I think if you can, you know, not in a weird way, but an authentic, authentic way, be your biggest fan, love, approve, and accept yourself. I really believe everything else will take care of itself.
1: It's powerful, man. I, I think, uh, I, my expectations were unknown going into this this conversation, and I think um, we are so aligned in so many ways as it relates to uh, the identity part and and acceptance. Because if that's not clear, what people really need to get know is if that's not clear, you're going to be chasing things for the wrong reason for your entire life. And um, you can be doing all the right things and still have that emptiness inside. And so, uh, man, Chris, I appreciate you. Um, I'm excited to see where you're going uh, for the future. I'm excited to be a part of what you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Yeah, brother, you're 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 a superstar and uh, and a blessing in this world. So it's uh, an honor to be on your show.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.